You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So we're going to start with the big news right off the top, um, and we're going to try to move on through this pretty quickly. I was advised by my attorney to not even touch the issue. In fact, he is at this very moment essentially begging me to not talk about the issue at all because... Um, well, I mean, honestly, because it's a very sensitive issue and people are very sensitive to the details of it. And so it is a pretty serious landmine kind of issue. But at the same time, um, the Deshaun Watson situation is major NFL news. And so my goal is to, as best as I can, because I'm still not entirely sure what is going on. Um, and I talked to Blaine who did a good job of trying to break down how all this stuff works, but even he isn't sure because Texas has its own way of doing things, right? So he's like, it, it depends on what the charges were exactly. And if you look at the, the news articles, it doesn't really give details about, it gives generalities, but it doesn't give details. And so there's a lot of different details that he can't give me because he doesn't know. And he doesn't know and he can't give them to me, I can't give them to you. And... um so I don't know. But I will say this. I've been saying for a very long time, we've been getting constant, 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 constant rumors about this team and that team and that team over there are very interested in Deshaun. And I've been saying consistently since day one, BS. B, there's no chance in the world that there's any team that's real close to making a deal to trade for Deshaun Watson, who is potentially on his way to prison on top of potentially did these horrific things, right? Not saying he did do, I'm saying potentially. I mean, there's charges here. We got to at least get some clarity on this. So that was always nonsense. Now we're hearing those rumors being ramped up. And I don't know that any of these rumors are any more true, but I do know that they've become slightly more believable because the only thing that I do know about the situation, and it's, it's funny because it's one of those things where you realize how little you don't know about stuff. You know, you, you, you hear things in common life and it, it just kind of there's a lot of things where you hear it and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And you, you don't even stop to think like, do you know what that means? I'll give you an example. Apparently, with this case with Deshaun, it went to a grand jury. For some reason, like I hear grand jury and I'm like, oh, okay, grand jury, yeah, that makes sense. But in my mind, I'm literally picturing a panel of judges. It never really occurred to me to think about the words grand jury, which by the way, um, not even sure exactly what that means because on a state-to-state basis, that changes what exactly a grand jury is, how it operates, et cetera, et cetera. Apparently, according to Blaine, we don't even have a grand jury in Wisconsin. So again, not even sure what that means. But again, a jury is a jury, it's not judges. So it's just stuff like that where I, I, don't, even, I don't even realize that I don't know what it is. I just kind of like, oh yeah, grand, oh yeah, sounds, sounds crazy. It never occurs to me to stop and think, do you, do you, do you want to like Google that real quick? But another one is... The, uh, the term criminal. 
when I had heard initially that the criminal charges were dropped, I just assumed that that means he's not a criminal. I mean, not, not that he's not a criminal, but I mean, in other words, it's all done because there's no criminal charges, not really realizing in the legal world, criminal has a very specific definition. And so, uh, you know, again, there's, there's a ton of moving parts here, but the bottom line is this is step one in which criminal charges were brought by either the state or the federal government. I don't know which. And for whatever reason, they decided that there wasn't enough evidence to move forward and that that is officially done. That is my understanding. Now, it's also my understanding that different charges can be brought. But as of right now, any criminal charges, meaning any ability to send him to prison, goes out the window. That cannot happen, at least as far as what they charged him with before. And the reason that's important is because now that I'm hearing these rumors, although I'm still skeptical because there's a lot more coming out. I'm skeptical that there are teams on the verge of, of trading for Deshaun Watson. I don't necessarily think that's true. It's a little bit more believable because at the very least, he is not about to spend 10 years in prison or whatever the, the case was about to be. That is officially done. Assuming there are not new charges coming, which as of right now, I have not heard that. The reason why I'm still skeptical that Deshaun is coming back is because there are still two different phases of this, at least two that I'm aware of. One is civil. And as Blaine explained to me, that can be a couple different things. Civil could be, there are 22 accusers. Um, that could be individually, 22 times he's going to have to go through this civil litigation and, and, and face whatever, and, and you know, how, however that's all going to work out, I don't know. Or it could be what's, it could be a class action, which is all of them coming together to do, I have no idea which they're going to choose. I don't know if they can do like, half and half, like half of them are going to do civil, half of them want to be like, no, I'm, I'm doing this rogue. I, I don't know. But that's one phase. But then there's also the NFL itself doing its own investigation and all that kind of stuff. And the NFL is wildly unpredictable um, in terms of, I mean, as we all know, who knows what they're going to do. We've seen some pretty wild swings in terms of, um, you know, I mean, I you can assume that if everything goes one way legally, that they're not going to go against what the legal system has decided, but there have been times in the past where they're like, nah, you probably did it and bring down harsh sentence. So, so the point is, I would assume that teams are still going to want to wait. You don't want to, because it's going to be, this is the thing, it's, it's, this is a massive trade. Before all this stuff happened, Deshaun Watson was one of the best young quarterbacks in all of football. The best. Now he's been away from, from um, football and there's the distraction factor. Whatever that even means these days, I don't know. It gets thrown around a lot. I'm not even sure I know what it means. But then there's also just the, you know, what if it's true factor. And we can, we can play the high and mighty card about, well, he was proven innocent in a court of law, therefore you should trust him. But we're human beings and we're always going to have that thought of what if it was true and what if it happens again and what if we go through this and what if, you know, we're giving up all this stuff for Deshaun. We need to know that we're going to have him for a long time. On top of he's been away from football for a while, so there are a lot of moving parts, but still, I would assume it's going to be a massive haul for Deshaun Watson, and you're not going to want to put together, you know, four first-round picks and three second-round picks and all this different stuff and players for a guy that the NFL might say, you're not playing this year, we'll see about the future beyond that, right? I mean, that that sucks. So, I, I again, there's a lot of rumors. But there's always been a lot of rumors, and I believe them a little bit more that some teams are interested, but I, I think I really genuinely don't believe that there's going to be enough clarity for a major trade to go down right now because the NFL 
and these civil cases are not done yet. And until there's at least some clarity here, and I would say that the NFL one is even even more so because with the civil cases, I'm assuming it's largely going to be monetary, meaning if they find that you did something wrong, you pay lots of money. And although that really doesn't look good, you can, you can I, don't, I don't know the right word, spin it or you can get past it. In other words, he can play and it's going to be a, a seen as a negative thing, but you as a team can come out and say, you know, that, that's a separate issue. We believe in Deshaun and, and we know that, whatever. I don't know what exactly they would say, but the point is you can get past that, right, wrong, or indifferent. But the NFL decision is obviously a massively important one. And the NFL decision may depend on what happens in, in the civil cases. So again, there's a lot of news and obviously it's major news because he is, or at least was, one of the better quarterbacks in football and where he ends up, if he comes back, all that completely changes the dimensions of the NFL, right? I mean, if he goes to Detroit or if he goes to Minnesota, obviously, as Packer fans, massively important news. And I understand there are much bigger things than football, but that's exactly what I am not talking about today. That is for you to figure out and work through and all that kind of stuff. I'm strictly looking at how this changes the dimensions within the NFL depending on that situation. And there was a major seismic shift as a result of what happened yesterday. Again, completely right, wrong, or indifferent, I don't know. Not for me to decide. But it did move the needle in terms of Deshaun Watson potentially coming back. But it is still my opinion that nothing is going to get done until a few more of these things get cleared up. And I have zero idea how long this is going to take. I think it's been like two years that he's been out of the league just for this first thing. Now, I don't know if the civil is just going to fly by. I'm sure they're going to try to, to move on as quickly as possible. Deshaun is, is going to try to, you know, settle these issues or whatever. But I don't know. I don't know. Is it going to be another year? Is it going to... I, I, I don't know, man. We'll find out. But right now, there is a flurry of stuff going on about Deshaun. Um, and again, you're going to hear a ton of reports about these teams are getting close. I, I Maybe, but I just, I really doubt it. I really doubt it. I think it's just a, a big news item today. And guys like Ian and Schefter, who just, just got annihilated yesterday. <laughs> it's, I don't, I'm saying, man, it's uh, can't just be going around saying random stuff on Twitter. But again, they, they want the interaction. They're going to try to do it in a way that doesn't get them brutalized. Um, Schefter was certainly not careful with his wording, but they're going to be talking about stuff like this. But again, I think it's about engagement. I think they know that this is the big issue of the day. And if they can tweet anything about Deshaun, they're going to get 50 billion retweets and comments and everything else, because they know that a lot of it is just how massively interesting it is. But also there's going to be a ton of interaction just fighting in the comment section. So anything they can say about Deshaun is going to be a positive and a win for them. As Terrible as that might be, I think that's what we're dealing with. And again, I think the the best way to look at this is there's still kind of a ways out before there's enough clarity for anything with Deshaun. So it was a, a, a big thing, but I don't necessarily think that we're to the point of talking about trades. And I think a lot of that is nonsense. Now, are there possibly teams that are inquiring? Yes, I think there's been teams that have been following and monitoring and inquiring this entire time. But I still would be stunned if anybody's pulling the trigger at this stage. And I'm comfortable saying that I think that that would be a really bad decision. Again, not from a moral standpoint. I mean, potentially from a moral standpoint. I'm just saying I'm removing myself from that. But even outside of that, it's not a rational decision. Which saying that out loud means a team probably will do that. But, but I don't think they will. <laughs> so anyways, 
Um, it's one of those, there's, there's, there's big news, but there's also no news, in my opinion, right? This is a massive thing that happened, but I don't think it really changes the dynamic of what's going on in the NFL right now. Aside from, you know, people are, are fighting a lot more. Anyways, in other news, um, brightening things up a little bit, the Chicago Bears continue to completely tear down this team, which, you know, again, th- there's always two sides to this. As you tear down, you are removing all the negative from the team and are able to build in a more positive direction. But at this point, remember, it's just negative. We don't have anything positive yet. And I feel like they maybe went, I don't want to say too far, but I'm one of the more questionable decisions. So one of the guys I got rid of was Tariq Cohen. I can't necessarily be super anti moving on from Tariq Cohen. If he doesn't fit what you want to do, um, He's not massively expensive. I've always liked Tariq Cohen. It's, he's, he's one of those guys that he's one of the few guys on the Bears that I've feared, and they've just refused to use him. Um, with his speed and athleticism, he's always been able to beat our linebackers and everything else, and um, they've decided to always just stick with their ground-and-pound running backs and see what they can do, and it just it's not usually as terrifying. But he's officially gone as a Chicago Bear. And so, as I said, and we kind of went through this yesterday, there's a lot of guys that you got question marks about, and... Um, if you're getting rid of guys that aren't even question marks, you know, like Tariq Cohen, Tariq Cohen is not even a free agent until 2024. So you move on from a guy like Tariq Cohen, um, who's one of the few guys that you don't need to make a decision on. I mean, again, you you, you can free up money. And he, if he doesn't fit, he doesn't fit. And again, kudos to the Bears for saying we have a very specific vision. And if you don't fit, you don't stay. But the biggest shocking um, thing that happened here was actually the release of Eddie Goldman another guy that is not on the chopping block in terms of being a free agent. Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, Cassius Marsh, these guys are um, question marks. Eddie Goldman was not. Now, I, I mentioned him yesterday, and I said, I don't know how well he fits because he's kind of a 3-4 nose tackle, but there are 4-3 teams that have nose tackles on their uh, on their teams. I've seen that before where you've got the 4-3 alignment, and basically it's defensive end, um, Defensive tackle, nose tackle, defensive end. I don't know what you call that alignment, but it's a thing. I've seen that with several teams as far as their uh, defense is concerned. But apparently, the uh, defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears says, that's not us. That's not how we operate. We don't need a massive human being. The problem, though, is, again, Eddie Goldman is one of the few actually really talented guys on this team. And, you know, I mean, if he doesn't fit, he doesn't fit. But I'd want to at least give him a shot. I mean, he's a good football player. His contract is slated to go up to about $11 million, which it's not cheap, but it's not. I mean, they're not really cash strapped. This isn't really about we need to free up money. They don't need to free up money. They have plenty of money. They have a massive amount of money. This is just about you don't fit, so you leave. And and again, there's there's something respectable about it, but it's also that's talent that's going to be hard to replace. You're already going to have to try to, and, and remember how bad the Chicago Bears were. Now you subtract Khalil Mack. You subtract, presumably, Allen Robinson. You subtract Akeem Hicks. You subtract Eddie Goldman. You subtract Tariq Cohen. You subtract, presumably, Jason Peters. Well, we've already got Tevin Jenkins. He's not going to be as good. Maybe he will. I don't know. But but again, it's one of those things where it's like, even if he's as good, you're only as good as you were, which was terrible. And you've only got so many picks left. The odds that this team is going to improve from last year is almost zero. And again, fine. I mean, if that's the plan, you know, we're going to tear it down, we're going to rebuild it the right way, then then you are doing the right thing. That's great. But it just becomes harder and harder to believe that you're going to be able to replace the talent that you have. You're only getting rid of all your best players. You're keeping all your bad players. 
because you have to have a football team, right? Eddie Goldman's gone, but Mario, Mario Edwards is still there. Uh, uh, Mr. Tonga is still there. Khalil Mack is gone, but Travis Gibson is still there. Angelo Blackson, the defensive tackle, he's still there. So, I mean, look, I, I, I'm serious. Unless Justin Fields takes a big step, this is probably going to be the worst team in the NFC North. And, you know, there's, there's still some stuff that has to be done. We'll see what they do in free agency if they take some big swings. I'm guessing they won't. I, I, I legitimately think they're coming in. They're saying we're doing this the right way. And the right way is not to throw away draft picks like the last regime did, you know, trading up for everybody, throwing away picks for guys like Allen Robinson, like Khalil Mack, like everybody. They constantly brought in free agents at at wide receiver and everywhere else. And so they never had picks. And I don't think this regime is going to do that, which again, is smart. But it also means a slower and more controlled build, which means it's going to take more time. And even if they didn't want to do slow and controlled, they've lost way too much talent to be able to, to replace it right now. Unless they do essentially what the Packers did, which is to get guys that are a little bit more unknown, but are just absolute slam dunk home runs like Zadarius. And who knows, maybe Zadarius is literally one of the guys they would go get if we release him, but I don't, I don't think that's the right thing. I think that's, that's what not super smart GMs do when they see success elsewhere and they want to replicate that and they pay for guys' past performance. Remember, Brian Gutekunst found guys that didn't have past performance until they got here. It's about finding guys at a really good value that I think if we bring them here, they can explode. And they do. It's not about finding guys who have been terrible and then exploded, and now I'm going to be the one to give them a massive amount of money, even though the team that he exploded on is like, nah, I ain't paying them. I'm getting out of this deal while the getting's good. Right? It's buy low, sell high, and the Packers are masterful at that. They, I mean, they, they, there's no disputing. They have been masterful at that. Not perfect, but they've been masterful at buy low, sell high. They bought Zadarius low, even though they paid him a lot of money. Given the production, they bought him low. Now his contract is through the roof. They're going to let him go. And I think if the Bears are going to be smart, they're going to do the same thing. And so they, they need to try to find good pieces that fit their new system. But you can't blow out a ton of money. You can't ruin you. This is going to be a slow build. And if you assume that you're going to be building correctly and through the draft, you need to have money on hand to be able to pay these guys. Like with the Packers, with guys like Rashawn, guys like Jair, you got to have some money available. And if you're blowing all your money, to pay these wide receivers or the, the you know, free agent pass rushers or safeties or whatever it is you're going to go out and find cornerback and you pay these stars that star money, it's going to hinder your ability to pay guys in the draft. So we'll see. We'll see if they decide to go for a, a massive swing. It's not going to really make a difference because this team has almost no ability um, to compete at a high level right now. There's no reason to believe that, the, you know, if you take a big swing, you're talking about being like second in the division, maybe limping into the playoffs, but really unlikely. I'm talking about if you gave it your best and you hit on a bunch of pieces in the draft and in free agency and you bring back all the right guys, maybe you can be second in the division. But I don't, but that also assumes Justin Fields takes a big step as a quarterback. Because if he doesn't, this team is never going to be anything. Otherwise, again, I think the smart thing is take your time. You know, the Bears have been bad for 30 years. You don't need to be great today. You know, you, you can be bad for 31, 32 years, and then in the 33rd year become really, really good. I know I'm overgeneralizing, and it's probably not exactly 30 years. It's beyond 30 at this point. What is it, 35 now? With a couple good years sprinkled in. I mean, you know, been some playoff seasons and Super Bowl appearance and whatnot. And so, um, I, at bottom line, I think as Packer fans, we should be happy until proven otherwise. It's always a little bit sad when you see the Bears actually being smart. Because it raises the the probability that maybe they're actually going to be a good team and, and a, a sustained good team. But we're so far removed from that right now, it's crazy. 
And on top of that, one of the biggest pieces to determining whether this team is going to be good or not is one of the guys that this current regime that is doing things the right way did not choose, and that's Justin Fields. We don't know what they think about Justin Fields. And in fact, when this new regime came in, none of them really wanted to commit to Justin Fields or even made it seem like they liked him very much. Now, that may just be based on the fact that they don't know enough about him. But we got to understand that they, they legitimately may even be quarterbackless. You know, if, if it's one more year of this guy just looking terrible, what do you do now? Are we looking at quarterbacks too on top of all this other stuff we got to replace? I mean, we're, we're further away than we thought at that point. So, um, you know, I, I think this last regime has done a terrible job. Has, has you know, they, they had that flurry of really good picks, but most of those guys, you know, Akeem Hicks and, um, you know, Khalil and all the guys that made this a, a competitive team, all those guys are ready to go. And so there's no point, and, and, and that's, again, part of the reason I believe this is going to be a slower long-term build is they're just moving on today. Because they know even if we can get one more year out of Akeem, even if we can get another year out of Khalil, we're not going to be competitive this year. So there's no point in hanging on. Get the value now while you can. Trade them today while you can. So again, as Packer fans, be happy because this team is not looking to be competitive. And, and we'll keep up on it. Keep watching it. Keep seeing who they bring back, who they move on from. So far, they've just completely been tearing this thing apart. Um, there has been very little value, and the Bears fans have been working overtime trying to defend this because, as usual, Bears fans do what they do. As soon as they drafted this GM, greatest GM in football, the guy's literally not, not done one thing, but he's the greatest GM in football. For some reason, they love the way he walks. I don't know why. They keep showing like gifs and uh, videos of him like strutting and like, that's my GM. Like, what? He's just walking. I don't understand why this is, but they're, they're, they're weird, man. Bears fans, they get so hyped about the littlest stuff. Again, I don't, I don't need to do the breakdown of Packer fans versus Bears fans where we have a top-tier GM and half of our fan base hates the guy, and they have a guy that's done nothing except throw away their best players, and they're like, best GM in football, look how he walks. <laughs> okay. But I think we can safely assume the Bears are out of the way. The Vikings, um, again, have to keep an eye on them and see exactly where they're at with things. Um, I would assume they're going to follow a similar path. Kind of depends... Um, you know, they're, they're going through something similar also with switching to a sort of a 3-4. And, and again, I know 4-3-3-4 doesn't really matter, but look at the Bears. They certainly seem to think it does. As I said, you're going to a 4-3 team. Khalil Mack never puts his hand in the dirt. What are you going to do? Do you pay the guy a massive amount of money and force him to play out of position? Are you going to move him to inside or are you going to make him put his hand in the dirt? You got to pick. And they're like, well, I pick to trade him. The Vikings, likewise, have a 4-3 defense. You got Everson Griffin who doesn't stand up. He's a hand-in-the-dirt guy. What are you going to do? You're going to force him to stand up? Even if it's only 50% of the time or whatever, you're going to force him to stand up 50% of the time? Maybe he's great at it. I don't know. Maybe he's, he's built for it. What about Daniil Hunter? Same thing. And Everson Griffin, by the way, may not even be on the team this year. But this is the team that you've built. And you've also, again, you've got a previous regime that brought in a ton of guys. And it's like, how, do they, how does Michael Pierce fit into this? I don't know if you can even get out of it, but how does Michael Pierce, a 30-year-old defensive tackle that was built for your old defense, fit into this? How about Dalvin Tomlinson, another guy that was brought in for a bunch of money, um, young, talented guy? How well does he fit what you're trying to do? Does he fit what you're trying to do? I would assume so, but I don't know. I mean, Dalvin's probably a, a, just a straight-up nose tackle, but so is Michael Pierce. They actually might even fit better in this system than what you had before, but lots of questions. I mean, do you have three, four defensive ends? How well do Kendricks and Barr fit into this current system? Anthony Barr, once again, free agent. I'm assuming they're going to let him go. I don't know. I mean, it was the last regime that was obsessed with these guys. And Barr, again, has not been a very good linebacker since forever. 
maybe Anthony Barr you keep around and you put him where he belongs, which is outside linebacker. Make him a pass rusher. Maybe he can actually be something. And he's probably relatively cheap because he's an old inside linebacker. I don't know if you can pay him to stay and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to pay you to stay as an inside linebacker. Here's your pittance. And then be like, actually, now that you signed this, you're an outside linebacker, sucker. (laughs) I don't know. But point is, I don't see a quick turnaround here either. Um, Kirk Cousins, they've committed to kind of. I mean, they've, they've more or less said that. But as I said, if you look at the contract, I think it has more to do with the fact that they can't get out of it right now. I do think the long-term goal is to get out, but they're kind of stuck with Kirk Cousins for a little bit longer, which again, that may be the same situation with the Bears. We just don't know it yet. It may be a, we're stuck with him for now, but we're probably going to move on in the near future. But we don't know that because we don't know that he's going to suck for the next two years. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying that they may be, the Vikings and Bears might be in the same situation as far as quarterback, except one guy's young and one guy's not and is old and expensive. But I mean, you, you go through the, the Vikings. And again, think you got a new group of people. What is our core here? We don't have a core at quarterback, right? This is a short-term thing. Tight end, we don't have anything. Conklin, Herndon, Stocker, all free agents. Uh, Ellifson and Irv Smith Jr. are free agents next year. I'm assuming Irv Smith sticks around, but you got a question how expensive he's going to be. He hasn't been massively productive. Uh, wide receiver, obviously, we've got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and neither of them are um, going to be free agents anytime necessarily soon. Adam Thielen was signed through 2025. However, and I'm not going to go look at his structure right now because it ain't that serious. um, You do wonder how long he's going to stick around. He's 32 years old right now. I'm assuming his contract is structured in such a way that you can get out relatively soon. I don't know. So really, it's just Justin Jefferson. Um, Amir Smith-Marset has not proven anything. KJ Osborne has not proven anything. D.D. Westbrook and Chad Beebe are both free agents right now. They may be gone. I don't know. Um, running back even. Dalvin Cook clearly is your is your guy, and he's only 27 years old, but he's also constantly hurt all the time. His shelf life basically expired already. I mean, he's still talented and all that, but I mean, th- this guy was ran into the ground. He does not have very much time left at all. So it's kind of like Madison is more your 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 future than anything else. The offensive line obviously still needs some work. I think Brian O'Neill is a good football player. Um, Garrett Bradbury, I don't know. I mean, again, that was one of those things where the last regime brought him in. I don't think he's proven to be a very good football player. Um, he's got one year, one more year left on his contract. 2023, he's a free agent. Um, are they going to re-up? I don't know. Ezra Cleveland, I'm assuming they're fine with. And Christian Derisaw is, is a, a young guy. So left tackle, maybe left guard. And then uh, Brian O'Neill at right tackle, I think, are fairly cleared up but I don't really know. And even Ezra is kind of a little bit of a question mark for me. And then obviously they've got the cornerback situation. Now there was another legal situation with their cornerback. I, I forget his name. And again, I'm not going to look it up because it ain't that serious, but his, his charges were also dropped. So there's questions about him as well, potentially coming back, which could be pretty impactful because um, they need corners, but I don't exactly know how that's all going to play out. And I'll, we'll just wait on that until we get some further word on that. But um, Patrick Peterson, Mackenzie Alexander, free agents. Are they bringing them back? I would assume not. Again, that was the old regime who did that. Um, Patrick Peterson, 32 years old. Are they going to invest in him again? Um, I would think not, but they need to go out and get some corners. You got Cam Dantzler, Harrison Hand, Chris Boyd for one more year. I, I mean, there's not much here, and there's even less talent than there are bodies. Significantly less. And then safety, you know, you got Harrison Smith, but that was another guy that the old regime just constantly kept paying because we just, we can't find replacements. We're doing a terrible job finding 
other guys. We go out and get free agents constantly, but really it's like we we have young guys. They're really talented. We let them all go <laughs> because we, I don't know, uh, but we refuse to let go of Harrison Smith. So the other, the new regime comes in and they're like, where did all those young, talented safety go? Well, we let those guys go in favor of Harrison Smith. Okay, well, now we have to let Harrison Smith go because although he's a free agent in 2026, um, I don't think we're keeping him for four more years. The guy's 33. So I don't know how many more years he has left. I mean, you can keep him for four more years. He's not going to be a very good football player after about a year or two. Um, so, so there's that. So again, the, the, the Vikings are in a similar situation. I don't know if they're going to try to push to be competitive right now. We got to see what they can do and, and how this team looks once they kind of reshuffle. You know, again, the Packers kind of did it. They, they, they went through a, a quote-unquote rebuild, but it was a one-year, you guys are gone, we're bringing in these free agents, and pop goes the weasel. Team is just on top of things, just dominant. But you also had your core was Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and we had a core of guys that were really solid. We needed some supporting cast. That's not the case with either of the two teams I've talked about. And, and you can say, well, we got Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. We can make a run. Yeah, but it's a short-term one-year run. You want to go in on that and then tear down with the guys that you brought in? Are you going to get rid of the new guy? So it's a little more dicey. And with Detroit, I mean, the biggest question for me is how real was what they did last year? You know, because I think the biggest thing is they had no talent and they had the biggest heart of anybody in the NFL and they would just went on an absolute tear. But at the end of the day, the lack of talent is still a lack of talent. And if they can't find a way to dig deep and just bludgeon people with garbage talent like they did last year, which I don't, I have, I struggle to have an opinion on that because I don't know that I've ever really seen anything like that before. Again, the, the assumption is if they start to build talent, this is going to be a Goliath. But I also don't know if that thing, whatever that thing was last year, carries on forever. You know what I mean? At, at the end of the day, you've got Jared Goff um, throwing to Amon Ross St. Brown, who's one of the few guys that has any talent on this team. Uh, you got TJ Hawkinson. You've got a so-so offensive line, um, which a lot of these guys are not long-termers, they're short-termers. You've got a hodgepodge defensive line that just lost Trey Flowers. You've got some bad linebackers, some, you know, Tracy Walker was a guy that I did like, but he kind of was real hot early and just every year seems to get a little bit worse. He's a free agent. Do you bring him back? I don't know. You got three of your guys are all free agents. Um, basically no long-term safety options. Corners have all been pretty terrible. Um, you got Jeff Okuda has proven nothing. Amani Aruarie, uh, AJ Parker. So, I mean, it's just it's just a bad group of guys, and it's it feels like it's going to go one of two ways. Either we're going to continue on with this, we don't even need talent to win, because we just got heart for days, and then they're going to add more talent, and they're just going to slowly get better and better, which you add a little bit of talent to what they did last year, and suddenly they're actually a pretty competitive team. We're talking about maybe the number two team behind the Packers, if, you know, Best case scenario for the Lions and worst case for the Vikings and Bears, which is they're just going to completely tear down. But again, there's also the possibility that they don't continue on with that weird whatever factor. And um, we also don't know how good they are at adding talent to this team, right? I mean, who's, who's, who are the guys they brought? I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown seemed to be a pretty good pickup. Penny Sewell, big question mark there because he, regardless of how good he did, he massively underperformed expectations. Um, who else did they draft? It's also important to note that they actually won three games. So as, as much as we talk about their heart, three wins is still just three wins. So they drafted Pene Sewell, which I already talked about. The second round was Levi Anwuzorike. That's right, I forgot they went real heavy uh, defensive line. 
grabbed a bunch of guys that I liked. But usually when teams, especially in the division like the Bears, grab guys that I like, I get mad, but then they don't perform very well. Um, Levi had a uh, 43 overall grade, so not a great start for him. They also, after that, grabbed Alim McNeil. Where is Mr. Alim McNeil? There he is, 60 overall grade, so not the worst in the world. But Alim McNeil is a big, massive um, run defender type of guy, and he had a 55 run defense grade and a 45 tackling grade. So um, he ended up with 10 pressures and two sacks, which, you know, again, when I'm looking at a prospect, it's I want you to be really good at the thing that you're supposed to be really good at, your primary thing. His primary thing is run defense, and he was bad at it. So we'll see how that pans out, but that wasn't great. Uh, after that, they drafted cornerback Ifedi Melfanwu, another guy with a 60 overall grade. He played in seven games, significant amount of snaps. Uh, he gave up two touchdowns, no picks, two pass breakups, a 132.6 passer rating. So that's pretty garbage. And again, his strongest asset was run defense and tackling and pass rush, not coverage. So his inflated grade is inflated because he did the other things that are less important well. And the thing he really needs to do well, which is coverage, he was not great at, 59 overall grade. Then you got Amon Ra, which seemingly great pick. Uh, after that, you got Derek Barnes. Derek Barnes was their second lowest graded player on the defense be, uh, ahead of Daryl Worley, but he had a 30 overall grade. He had, um, what did he do? It's really weird. Oh, he's a, okay. His biggest weakness was coverage, which as a linebacker, which is what he is, that is a big part of your, what you're asked to do. 27 overall grade. He gave up four touchdowns, which is more than, uh, it's actually not true. Will Harris gave up five. A.J. Parker gave up four also. But four touchdowns, zero picks, one pass breakup, 158.3 passer rating. And then running back Jamar Jefferson, which, you know, he did have a 70 overall grade on his uh, 15 carries largely because of those 15 carries. He actually had two touchdowns, which is pretty crazy. But anyways, point is, and it's true of the Bears and the Vikings as well, you have to prove that you can actually build a team. Heart is great, but you need talent. Otherwise, you will be a three-win team with a lot of heart every year, and you can hang that banner. Again, Vikings and Bears, you've proven you can tear, well, the Bears have proven you can tear down a team and, and say, I, you know, I'm not scared of the consequences. We're doing this the right way. Props to you, but you still got to prove you can build a team. Vikings, I don't even know what direction they're going in. They need to tear down. But regardless of what they do, you have to prove you can build a team. That means finding free agents, and, and that means value, quality, especially in free agency, value is incredibly important. It's not just throwing massive amounts of money at the biggest name. That's what stupid teams do that fail every year. Those are fan GMs who want to do what fans say and, and what's going to sell the most tickets. That's not how you win football games. And in the draft, you got to be able to evaluate talent and pick guys that are winners. And, you know, rookie year doesn't really mean anything. It's possible Penesul is a freak this year. Levi and Wuzurike, Alim McNeil, Afedi Mofanwu, Amon Ra becomes a top three re receiver, Derek Barnes, Jamar Jefferson. Who knows which of these guys are going to blow up? But right now, they've proven nothing. And as we sift through the nonsense of the Lions are a legitimate contender, at the end of the day, you have a team that drafted really poorly, seemingly drafted really poorly, and won three games last year. So um, again, I can see a path to success, but let's not, get a, let's not get carried away and get ahead of ourselves here. Anyways, um, I'll probably leave it at that for now. We'll take a break, come back, talk about some other stuff. Please remember to check out the couple of GoFundMes that we've got, one for Jamie and Carter who were in a terrible accident. A um, lot of donations recently from uh, Chris, Diane, Mark, Ron, and Diane. Um, looks like a grand total of 200 bucks, so that's fantastic. 
You can find that GoFundMe over in the Facebook group pinned at the top. As always, if you want it and are not in the Facebook group or on Facebook, you could always message me and I will get it to you. You can also find pinned to the top of my uh, Twitter uh, the ability to help Drew out. He's trying to get a seizure service dog. He was diagnosed with epilepsy, so that would be a massive help to him. Um, Again, that's pinned to the top of my Twitter. And again, don't forget about A Modern Frontier. Looks like there's a couple new things added in here. Uh, I haven't actually come to the site in a while, but I am I am running out of some beef, so I got to make a decision what direction I'm going to go next. But um, he, so he's got the one quarter pasture pork, pork box, the butcher's dozen ground beef, the one eighth grass fed beef box, but now he's added a grass fed beef sampler box, which is even a little bit smaller. Um, so again, the the benefit of this is I don't want to spend a thousand dollars, and I understand it's a, a lot of food and everything else. It's just a lot of money to drop at once, and uh, getting the approval from the old wifey about that might be a bit of a struggle. But to be able to come here and get it for less than half the price, because it's you know slightly less instead of a you know quarter cow, it's an eighth of a cow, um, is pretty great. But then on top of that, even less than the one eighth grass fed beef box is the grass fed beef box sample, as well as a sample pork box, which is basically just a smaller for slightly lesser money. So that's cool. Again, head over to amodernfrontier.com, use promo code uh, MEATPACKER, M-E-A-T-P-A-C-K-E-R, one word, all caps. You will get $25 off your order. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So some kind of breaking news here via Mr. Uh, well, let's let's be honest, it's all of them. But Dallas has given permission to starting right tackle Lael Collins to seek a trade, according to a new a new agent, Peter Schaefer. Dallas needs cap room, and Collins was scheduled to make $15.25 million this season, likely to be leased, released if no trade. So this is kind of surprising because the... You know, when I talked about Dallas and Amari Cooper, I, I, I kind of, I'm going to take some half credit for being the first to, to be on that, saying that I don't know if Amari Cooper can stick around. In fact, I know he's going to be gone, but then I thought about it and I said, you know, you can make it work where Amari can stay one more year. And given how good the team was, I kind of figured they would give it one more year and kind of, kind of push all in. And it wouldn't even necessarily hurt them. The point was, you've got one guy that's a rookie that's not going to get paid for a while. You got another guy that's going to get paid this year. And then you've got Amari, who's already a high-paid guy. But the guy that you're going to pay this year, big-time money, the point is you can't have three high-priced guys at a time. But you're still, even this year, only going to have one because you got one guy again on a rookie deal. You got one guy that's uh, going to get paid, but you structure it so that year one is not a big hit. And then the other guy who's taking a big hit is your only wide receiver taking a big hit. Then next year, when Michael Gallup's contract kind of blows up, then you can move on from Amari Cooper. And then you've got Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and everything will be, you know, just fine. But, you know, I mean, you've got, you can keep Gallup, Lamb, and Cooper. You got Ezekiel Elliott. You got Tony Pollard is still there for another year. You've got Dak Prescott, obviously, as your quarterback. Dalton Schultz, I think they just paid a big amount of money. I'm not positive. You still got Jeremy Sprinkle, maybe if they decide to bring him back. The offensive line, you know, I've, I've had a lot of issues with them. I've been saying for like three, four years now, they need to prioritize offensive line. They had the best offensive line in football, and they've let it just continue to fall apart. And even today, the best parts of their offensive line are the guys that are still remaining from a long time ago, including Zach Martin, who's 32 years old, Lael Collins, who apparently is going to be seeking a trade, Tyron Smith, who's 32 years old, right? It's all the really old guys from back in the past and the new guys, like Tyler, Tyler Biotish, at least for now, has not proven to be anywhere near, which granted, it's hard to replicate anything that they had in the past, but that was the strength of that team, and they allowed it to deteriorate. And the fact that they're basically kind of throwing guys away right now, and, and you know, they still have a decent team, but you want to try, I mean, look at what the Packers are doing. They're going to some pretty extreme lengths to try to bring back as many guys as they possibly can, and Lael Collins is under contract. I mean, I don't know if things are just so bad. He's saying I'm refusing to to stay or what. They're talking about how they need to free up cap space. But why would you let go of your starting right tackle? That is a major part of what you do. I mean, you, you look at what happened when you t- to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl the last time they were there. When you took away his tackles, it was horrible. And Dak Prescott is not um, he's not a tier one quarterback. He's, he's a tier two quarterback, which I'm making up these tiers in my mind, but let's be completely honest. He's not up there with Aaron Rodgers. He's not up there with Pat Mahomes. And so you start to put Dak Prescott under a lot more pressure with Ezekiel Elliott already completely falling off a cliff now that Mike McCarthy is there. And I'm, I don't know that those two things go hand in hand, but let's be completely honest. Mike McCarthy shows up and suddenly Ezekiel Elliott, who was one of the better running backs in football, becomes irrelevant. Also, by the way, part of that probably has to do with the offensive line deteriorating, which apparently is going to get a lot worse now that Leo Collins is leaving. And let's not forget Trayvon Diggs, again, very, 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 very unlikely that the guy is going to repeat what he did last year which is a major part of his, their quote-unquote success. 
And so now you're looking at a team where it's like, well, Micah Parsons is still really dominant, and we'll see if he can replicate what he did last year. But, I mean, you got Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, and a quarterback that's going to regress. An offense that's, I mean, the offense in general is just massively going to regress. And, and remember, when I when I talked to you before about Dallas, the reason they said Dallas would regress is because the defense would regress because it was based on nonsense. It's not replicable. So the defense is going to regress, and they're tearing down their own offense in a way that doesn't even make sense to me. Amari Cooper doesn't have to go. Lael Collins doesn't have to go. But they decided we do need that that space, maybe to sign other people. I don't exactly know what their situation is, but I'm just stunned that this is the decision they have they have made. Well, and here's the other thing. Demarcus Lawrence is $27 million. There's no way that he can stay at 27. I mean, that, that's basically Zadarius Smith, right? It's the same thing. So they got to do something with that. I don't know if he gets extended. I don't know if he gets cut, traded, whatever, but I can't imagine they're going to keep him at $27 million. That's going to count against their cap. Uh, Amari is 22. And again, he's, he's essentially out the door. You know, I mean, they've they've only got four million dollars in cap space. So you can sit here and say, well, they need more space. I understand that, but you don't trade away an uber talented right tackle just to free up a little bit of space. That's that's absurd. There's clearly something more to it than that. He's 29 years old. I mean, if he was 34, okay, maybe. But th- this doesn't this doesn't make a massive amount of sense. Something really weird with this situation. Dallas has been. Um, a good team for the first time in a while. For the first time in a while, they were one of the best teams in the NFC. I mean, if you look at, again, DVOA, they were the best team. In fact, based on DVOA, this is one of the better teams that we've seen. Offensive and defensive production was unbelievable. And now they're kind of like, mm, we got to kind of reset. And it's like, we'll reset. No, dude, you reload. I mean, I'm, I'm not even a reload kind of guy, but I'm looking at Dallas going, you can squeeze another year out of this. Nah, you, we only got 4 million bucks and, you know, we want to... Want to have a little more, and you know, why don't you restructure some guys? Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, if Amari goes, um, let's just look at that. Amari, they they're going to save <laughs> they're going to save sixteen million. That puts you at twenty. The second Amari Cooper leaves your building, uh, let me just check to make sure it's different. Nope, still sixteen million. So yeah, if if you trade him, cut him, whatever, sixteen million either way. So you're at twenty. You have to get rid of Lael Collins. By the way, hold on. Leo Collins saves you $1.3 million. That's, there's no way. Something's wrong here. There's no way in the world. This is going to be a $14 million. So it's, he, something's not right. <laughs> this does not make any sense. Leo Collins is costing $15.2 million against the cap. There will be a $14 million dead cap hit if they move on from him. They save $1.3 million. The the only justification is it cleans up like beyond 2022, like in 2023, but his cap stays the same. It's 15 million now, it's 15 million next year, and then it's 13 million after that. So when you assume massive spikes in salary cap, his salary goes, or his cap hit goes down every single year pretty significantly. This is not about money. There's no way this is about money. You have $20 million on the books as soon as Amari is off your team. $20 million, and you can restructure um, Mr. Demarcus Lawrence, so he's not costing you $27 million. If you really need to squeeze some pennies, and you can surely, surely squeeze a lot more than $1.3 million out of a Demarcus Lawrence restructure. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't get it. But I guess, again, well, uh, it's one of those things where I'm just trying to connect the dots to figure out what makes the most sense. What is their goal here? What are they trying to accomplish? And the layout thing just throws a, a massive wrench in everything. You know, Amari, I kind of looked at it and just thought, well, all right, maybe I was wrong about my assessment on it can be one more year. 
Maybe they don't want to wait one more year. I, I don't know. Whatever. This doesn't make any sense. So again, I'll just have to observe from afar to see if something clicks as far as what the heck is going on. Um, maybe they're not as high on the season as as I was. I don't know. Anyways, I wanted to um, kind of talk about the draft a little bit more today, but I think I'm going to wrap it up. We've got some stuff going on. I got to get some stuff done. Uh, I'm going to have a little little team meeting now that we've got a network and everything else. I want to try to get a little bit more organized. So um, see if we can get the crew together. Kind of last minute, but it is what it is. I'm busy, man. I can't be setting stuff three days out. It's like people always ask, like, are you, are you available like Tuesday at four? This is why I hate when people want to meet like in person or, or you know, let's do a Zoom or whatever. It's like, are you, I have no idea, man. I don't know. Case in point, my whole family got sick and my whole life changed just right there. Plus there's activities, there's so much going on. I don't know. I know I'm free right now. You want to meet right now? <laughs> That's, I can give you right now. That's it. But anyways, I got to wrap this up. Um, I'm going to do kind of an impromptu thing. All about trying to improve the quality of the Packernet podcast. By the way, patrons, um, if you're on there, $5 tier or higher, I've been cranking out some um, content in terms of draft prospects. What I've been doing, I'm ripping through, I want to do the top 100, I think is what I'm going to do. So it's going to be a lot of wide receivers. So there's probably going to be like 15 wide receivers and maybe like three interior offensive linemen, but it is what it is. I'm going to focus on the top 100, see if I can challenge myself to get all 100 done before the draft. And it's basically... um, who they are, position, that kind of stuff. I'm going to, I, I, again, I've got screenshots of their PFF grades just to kind of give you some context of how well they did. Um, I've got player comps I started doing. So I've got a general player comp and then a Packers player comp. It's mostly just the athleticism aspect of it. It's not their play style. So it might be kind of useless to you, but it's just kind of to give you a frame of reference. Um, you know, if I say Randall Cobb, you kind of get the idea. If I say Ty Montgomery, you kind of get the idea. That doesn't mean they're as good. They may be way better, maybe way worse. I'm just giving you a general idea of this is the style of player, the kind of guy we're talking about here. Um, I give you their rank as far as where they are, you know, wide receiver seven, 64th overall on the big board as of this date. And then I just give my thoughts. And that's, again, each one of these things, different people have different, you know, I care mostly about their RA, which is another thing I post is there a link to their RAS. Obviously, you can look that up, but it's just it's an all in one resource. Some people just want the grade. Some people want my thoughts. So I'm going to give you my thoughts. Whatever you find useful, take it. Whatever you don't throw it out. But uh, it's usually just like two paragraphs. It's the positive and the negative. I'm trying to focus mostly on the positive, but I'll be honest, I just I have not fallen in love with any of these prospects so far. I think I like all of them which is, is fine enough for me as far as goals go. But I just, I haven't found that one guy. I did before. Like when I watched Traylon Burks and, and uh, Drake London the first time, I loved him. And this time around, I think I'm just more skeptical. I don't know what it is. But there has not been that moment yet. And I'm, I'm sure in the top 100 somewhere. And I'll, I'll probably rule out like the guys going number one overall. I won't focus on those so much. I'm sure at some point I'm going to find someone and be like, this is my guy. Usually there's one every year and I got to find my one. But again, that is the $5 tier on Patreon if you're interested. Otherwise, you can support me on there. Just a buck a month is is plenty, and we're doing polls and, and questions. And I, I maybe tomorrow, we got to get those questions going. I asked that like a week ago, and I haven't gotten to that yet. But anyways, I got to get out of here. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>